Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for our NJPW Battle in the Valley 2024 review. We're here to discuss the first big show from NJPW Strong here in the USA to San Jose to be exact. And boy, oh boy, was this a noteworthy, newsworthy show. So of course, if we're talking about NJPW here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, you know who I am doing it with. It is your boy, Jay News. Good morning. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gents out there in the internet space. As you can see, it is I, your good brother, Jay News, and I'm here with my tag team partner, the one and only SP3. We're here to bring you some commentary, some laughter, some news in uh, in terms of what we witnessed during Battle in the Valley, New Japan Strong's Battle in the Valley. Uh, interesting show, nonetheless. I think we might have lost Sid. Sid. Sid's face is stuck on like the smile thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm here uh, carrying the show along. Sid has been having, SP3 that is, has been having some internet issues uh, throughout the day, which is why we're here on the 2 p.m. slot today. Um, I think I lost SP3, y'all. I think I lost him. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back sometime soon. <laughs> So uh, I'll uh, dial up the uh, the New Japan stuff here so we can cover some things and talk about the overall feelings of the show. Everybody in the chat, let your good brother Jay News know what you thought about the show in total. Uh, ah, we got SP3 oh, via yeah, satellite. Yeah. We, got yes. him, we got him back via satellite, y'all. He's live. He's live. Yes. Yes. Because uh, Optimum. Man, fuck y'all. Y'all said y'all, 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 y'all improved or what y'all needed to do. Y'all, y'all had an outage and I'm still up here via satellite on here. But we're still alive. We're still alive. I hope you enjoyed J News extra long intro that he had to do before I came back on here. Oh man. Nah, man, you know, just trying to cover. Make sure you uh you you back out here live and and ringing it up, you know. Have to, have to. We got we got a couple of people in the chat. Thank you for joining us live. Remember to show we appreciate y'all. You're joining us live. We appreciate y'all if you're watching us on demand. Show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on the video. Share the video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, sound off in in the comment section if you're watching on demand sound off in the live chat if you're with us live we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible but of course if you're feeling generous you can always give back by sending a super chat donation that is also important to what we do here it always gives back to the contributors that you see on screen with us so Thanks so much for all the support. We got uh, our good friend, Christopher Kidd, one of our Patreon backers in the chat. He says, uh, Jack Perry, NJPW excursion will only work wonders for his in-ring and character work. 
That is one of the big topics coming out of the entire weekend, not just this show, NJPW Battle in the Valley, but in general, in wrestling, one of the big topics of the weekend, Jack Perry and NJPW. Before we get into like the show and everything, how surprised were you to see Jack Perry? Very. I was very surprised. I was not expecting that at all. Uh, when I saw the 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 masked assailant, uh, you know, make contact with Shota Umino, I thought it was Ren Narita. To be quite honest, that was my initial thought process. You know, uh, doing um, how do they say hustle torture stuff or whatever. But then when it was revealed to be Jack Perry, I said to myself, first of all, what the hell is this? And then secondarily, um, I said, what are they doing here? Uh, was was this was this something that was supposed to happen at Forbidden Door? Uh, could this possibly be something that Jack Perry is taking uh, his time to you know sharpen up his skills and things of that nature? Going to New Japan, maybe getting a different feel for a different locker room, just seeing what it's like outside of the indie bubble and the AEW bubble and things of that nature, trying to get more experience and you know over time maybe gain some maturity and whatnot. You know, which should be the hope uh in in this case and uh we'll see we'll see how it goes we shall see how it goes it seems that that's the hot topic in the uh in the chat here we also got safet who feels my pain he's in the bronx he says yep optimum does that most times damn shame man, man i, I should have never i should have never joined chrissy love in talking trash about optimum optimum's been good to me until i said something until i said something this has been the worst day ever uh, we got Power Driver Finisher. He says X Men already got uh, to SP3. He says both X Men and Sentinels go after SP3. And he says also, yes, what's up, y'all? I'm so rude. I forgot my matters. <laughs> I love that. He had to roast me. He forgot to say hi to everybody. And of course, our wonderful good friend Dolores in the chat saying, join THH Patreon. Best money you will spend. You and Dolores over on uh, Workhorse Wrestling Network. How was the show today? It was a good show today. Me and Dolores breaking down all the GCW stuff, all the Battle in the Valley stuff. She's really getting me uh, tuned in with all the GCW stuff. So we went over and reviewed a whole lot of stuff. We got, th we got things coming up in the coming weeks. So uh, shouts to Dolores as always. Thank you for joining me in the morning. There you go. Go over to the Workhorse Wrestling Network. Go over and subscribe over there. So I'm going to try to make this transition. Give me one second. Sure, sure. All right. There it is. There we go. Oh, shit. We got the <laughs> echo. Echo going. Oh. There it is. All right. Technical difficulties, folks, as you can see, we're just trying. No, it's because I was still I was still in the backstage of the studio, so I can oh, hear okay. everything. He was still on satellite <laughs> on the main feed. <laughs> Made that transition as smooth as possible outside of that. Um, guest in in the chat, he says this could be either a good thing for New Japan or and and Perry, or it could be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, we. I, I, you know, as you know, I live under a rock sometimes. I understand what happened between him and CM Punk, but there's also like there's also been buzz and rumors about his behavior backstage in over the last couple of years. I don't necessarily know how true that is. Um, but you know, rumors, conjecture, and all that jazz. 
Uh, I just hope that it's a good experience for him, nonetheless, to be on the New Japan roster. So, you know, and if anything, they don't allow that shit backstage. He'll get he'll, he'll get somebody PK him for real in the ring. <laughs> Wake his ass up. That shit don't run over there, dog. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a different it's a different animal in Japan. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. For him. Uh, we also got Frantic Girl that says Jack Perry needs that Clark Connors run in New Japan. Uh, I guess I guess you could do that. You yeah. could put him in the juniors. Yeah. You want him in the junior heavyweight division. Now nah, he went after shooter, so it doesn't yeah, seem yeah. he seems like he's gonna be a, a heavyweight. But let's get into first we'll run through what went down on the pre-show. Uh first you had the NJPW Survivor uh challenge, strong survivor challenge as uh Vandergriff got the Matt Vandergriff got the win over Goldie. He does a beautiful shooting star press, but the match, you know, so so. What yeah, did you it was it was a quick five minutes at the end of the day. Uh, nice looking four fifty from Vandegrift. Uh, goalie doing what he does at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, this I didn't really think much of this match. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. So. And then you had the the women being showcased on the pre-show <laughs> as you had Stephanie Vacat picking up the win over Viva Van to become the new number one contender for the njpw strong women's championship which uh we we had to keep our eyes on that on the main card but stephanie vecca once again getting the showcase and picking up a win on an njpw strong show i know you're a big fan so what did you think so wait a minute i was right so this was the strong championship number one contendership they didn't advertise it as that on uh, on New Japan on New Japan's website, but well, I thought, it was. no, no, I thought I thought they, they I thought I read it somewhere, whatever the case is. Yeah. I mentioned it the last show. Uh, yeah, man, no, Stephanie McCare did her thing. Uh, my first time actually watching a full a full length of Viva Van match. Uh, so that was interesting. I was telling Dolores this morning. She 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 has a she has talent, right? She has she has um, she, there's a lot of promise with her. The only thing that I saw during the match was just some pacing issues, like timing issues outside. And outside of that, I think she did a great job, to be quite honest. But uh, there's just more to come from Viva Van. I'm waiting to see her. And I'm, as you said, I'm a big fan of Stephanie Baquet. And uh, hopefully she is able to. I think she'll I think she I think she'll win and she'll drop the belt. Julia will drop the belt to her and they'll go from it on uh, from there and whatnot. So, yes, Stephanie will be three belts soon, like that Stan said. Oh, SP3 got lost in the matrix again, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jay, wait a minute. I think we have someone else joining us. No, SP3 yeah. sound live vision. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I already saw it. I saw, I saw it coming. So I was like, let me uh, pop up out of here real quick. And then I will, we'll see, we'll see whenever my internet comes back on. All right. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I like Stephanie Vacare and the fact that she got the win here, I think that that was a, a very important, uh, important win for her because, hey, if you're picking up wins right now in the women's division over on NJPW, you can be in position to kind of take that banner, take that baton from Julia when it's time for her to make her transition when her deal with stardom expires in March. Yep. Yep. I think that's that. I think. That's the way it's gonna go. I think it's gonna be her versus Stephanie Vacare, and and she'll drop the belt to Stephanie eventually. Um, not necessarily knowing if they'll if there'll be any sort of cross promotional things going on, maybe for, of a Tastica Mania uh, event there because they do cross paths in, in that in that sense. So maybe maybe we'll get something there. 
from uh from a storyline perspective and then like uh i agree with uh don't stand i feel like it should be on in stardom but maybe it'll because it can't be at at windy city riot she'll be gone by then so uh, maybe it should be. A, a, I mean, I mean, you got you got guys. There's just a lot of. It's been in the news ridiculously how much uh, you know all these deals for New Japan are expiring at the end of January. Uh, but a lot of these guys that have deals expiring at the end of January are on the New Beginning tour, which is into about like February 24th is when it ends in Sapporo. Yeah, yeah. So it could it could be one of those one of those. Uh, shots where she could be done in March and she could do the, maybe she could do that that Windy City Riot show and then call it a day there because she'll be in the states nonetheless by that point so it, it just makes yeah. sense for her to have that uh, follow through with her last engagement and then and then go from there exactly but let's talk about we talked about it a bit as we opened the show here the opener on the main card was a six man tag team matchup as you had I called them team shooter Shoto Amino teaming up with Fred Rosser as well as Jacob Fatu to face team filthies Tom Lawler Royce Isaac and Jarrell Nelson and I thought this was a nice little opener to the show that told a little story of team filthy kind of going into dissension right now it seems jay news as uh you you've been seeing uh the west coast wrecking crew losing faith in tom lawler he's lost the njpw strong open weight championship he lost in the g1 he's been losing on njpw strong lost that lone star shootout to fred rosser and they have lost confidence lost faith in their leader and they have kind of just kind of been tagging to each other kind of uh putting him to the side every time he's been trying to show respect to fred rosser they've been stopping him and that was literally the story of this matchup outside of that the other story of this matchup was jacob fatu's hot tag because jacob fatu's hot tag was a big sign being put on jacob fatu's head of you need to sign this guy if you're a wwe aew tna i would pick up this guy if you're njpw i know he signed to mlw but i don't know how long that deal is maybe it expires this year maybe it expires next year i don't know but whenever he's free he's a guy that needs to be put on a bigger stage because this was a nice little showcase for him with the hot tag in the end, it was Shoto Amino who picked up the win with the uh, Death Rider on uh, Royce Isaacs. After the matchup, uh, you had first Fred Rosser try to show respect to his former rival, Tom Lawler, trying to shake his hand. But the West Coast Wrecking Crew, once again, trying to get in between them. But Tom Lawler pushed them out the way, slaps Fred Rosser across the face. He gets slapped back, and they shake hands. Uh, you have Team Shooter picking up the win. Jacob Fatu and Fred Rosser go to the back. Shoto Aminu is going around the crowd, taking pictures with fans, signing autographs, giving away some of his gear, when all of a sudden someone in a damn bushy mask it's always the damn bushy mask j news always the bushy mask someone in a damn bushy mask punches him in the crowd you have security trying to stop him because apparently according to dave Meltzer on the wrestling observer radio the security and people around the ring weren't told about this angle which i think was great uh, he comes out of the he comes out of the crowd, he takes off the Bushi mask, and it is revealed to be none other than AEW's own former AEW World Tag Team Champion and 
AEWFTW champion Jack Perry, the former Jungle Boy, for the first time since AEW All In when he got into the infamous fight with CM Punk backstage after saying it was real glass, cry me a river. He has come out of the wilderness and he has not shaved since then, apparently, because he's got the full Luke Perry beard out here. He is his, he is the son of his father, most definitely, and he attacks. Shoto Aminu, throws him into the barricade, puts him in the ring, hits a big running knee strike. Uh, he then pulls out his AEW contract and rips it up. Jack Perry is here in, a in NJPW Strong. He then puts on a, a kind of armband that says scapegoat. And on the NJPW social media that was sharing the video of this whole angle, it said the scapegoat. So he is going to be known as the scapegoat, Jack Perry, in NJPW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, man, look, look, I look. I thought this was an excellent angle. Look, excellent. Man, I thought it was. I thought it was well executed. I thought that this went as good as it could go. A uh, good first part. Look at this beard! <laughs> Magical! Magical beard! Oh, man. Um, good first opponent for Jack Perry to have in Shooter. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big stage from a New Japan standpoint, being as to where Shooter is positioned on the card at this point and what he means to the, to the future of New Japan. Um, I've been I've always been a fan of Jack. I have I just I, I just wanted to see as to how he would evolve as he got older. Uh obviously now we have this this version of Jack and, and, and we'll see how it goes. You know what I'm saying? He's uh he can only be the scapegoat, the scapegoat, the scapegoat, <laughs> the scapegoat, but for so long, right? So we'll see how long this lasts. And uh true. hopefully this goes off without a bang. And 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 the reality of the situation is this. The reality of the situation is this. I don't need him to become a member of the Bullet Club or the House of Torture, right? Let this just be him doing what he needs to do so that he can, you know, grow, evolve. He's, if he's going to heal it up, let him heal it up. It doesn't matter to me. Just don't put him I in mean, a it's, it's New Japan. You always have to be in some type of faction. If he's going to do that, though, make it his own faction. Make it a faction of people from AEW that are frustrated like you. Him, me and Jeremy Lambert, we came up with it on In the Weeds. Him, Miro, Santana. Santana. Oh, man. <laughs> Give me that. Give me, those, are, those are all people that will work in New Japan. I Give me agree. One more. You, if y'all can come up with, with, the, with the fourth person, because you got to make it a four-person stable because New Japan gets bored with three-person stables. Sorry, Strong Style. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, right now, uh, I don't know who else is sitting and catering. If, if, uh, fuck, man, I hate to say it that way, but uh, I don't know who else is sitting and catering. Um, you know what, man, for the love, for the love of the meats, give Keith Lee something to do. 
Ooh. Keith Lee would work in New Japan. Yes, Most definitely. Them. You know they love them big boys over in New Japan, man. Exactly. I said, I don't know what I said with Miro. Like, because Jeremy asked me, he was like, because uh, I said the, the whole the whole thing of Jack Perry starting his own stable. And he said, who would you have joined the stable? And I instantly thought of Miro. I was like, Miro would work. Miro is frustrated in AEW. He was great in WWE. He's been great at times in AEW. He would work in New Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, 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 it would allow him to travel to Japan and stuff like that. Maybe it's something that he wants to do, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think that if it's Miro, if it's Keith Lee, uh, who else did you mention? Um, Santana. Santana. Man, you know. That, yeah, yeah, man. That's a, that, that's a great that's a great cast of misfit wrestlers right there. Exactly. <laughs> but this is all the makings of a stable that I'm sure our third host of our New Japan coverage here on Trio Heat, she will find an, another stable to hate as much as she hates House of Torture if they are led by Jack Perry. I don't know. We'll see how she feels. She is the one and the only. Sanal! What's Hello. up? I get, what, what did I come in with? Stables, Jack Perry. We are creating our, AE, our, our AEW stable of frustrated stars who are coming to Japan, led by Jack Perry, the scapegoat. <laughs> the AEW scapegoats in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I, don't, I didn't even know what, what happened with that. I saw it, and because obviously I watched it after. And I was like, Jack Perry tore up his contract. I was like, eh? And he did it after beating Shota. I'm like, he's got enough. Shota's got enough to do with the House of no. Torture. No, exactly. I was like, I was like, congratulations, Shota. You got the fuck away from House of Torture. I was like, I was like, congratulations. No, no, he's Good not got away from it. Because I heard you say, and someone else has said this: Jack Perry and House of Torture. No, I'm not saying that. I didn't no, say no. that. No, someone, that. no, someone on my video put that. No, I no. saw I saw someone in the chat said uh, uh, Jack Perry for an ace of of House of Torture. Hopefully yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. Hopefully not. That's the I I am I am hoping that we stay away from the House of Torture. We don't need any extra members of the House of Torture. The House of Torture is ballooned at this point. We don't need any more members of the House of Torture. Right, that, that's why I think War Dogs is so good because at the moment we have just the five of them. Is it? Yeah, technically. Technically, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we, I, don't, I don't know. This is an interesting whole angle. This is, once again, Tony Khan trying to do the Brian Pillman angle. It seems like he really wants to do this. He tried to do this with MJF, and now he's doing it with Jack Perry. The, the man who did, probably had one of the the worst match of Sonata's entire title run. Oh, jeez. No, no, not worse than that evil match. Oh, wait. Oh, I think I got rid of that in my mind. Yes, you see, it didn't exist. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. I forgot oh. that much. Yeah. yeah, it happened in yeah. real time too. It wasn't Wait. an alternate universe or anything like that. You saw the live reaction of Sonal being reminded that that match actually happened during Sonata's reign. Uh, the second worst match of Sonata's reign. <laughs> I mean, it was short. Sonata, Sonata won with a moonsault. 
he never beats anyone. So now was that unbothered by Jack Perry that he's like, I'm not using my new finisher. I don't care. Someone in our chat did mention on In the Weeds said uh, Anthony Ogogo, a part of the stable. So, yeah, the stable that we've created, us and all that we've approved, me and J News, is. So, is this J AW people? Yeah. Jane oh, is. Has uh, Anthony Ogogo even done it? Because like, he's, he's, a, he's a fellow countryman. I know him well. I knew he was signed. I don't think I've ever seen him have a match. He had that one match with Cody, and I think they was just like, all right, I think that's enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't mind him. He's another one. He's a big guy, a big body that always seems to get over with the Japanese crowds. I mean, Luke Gallows had his best years of his career in Japan, and I'm yes, just, you know, it's a shame it didn't carry on in the second run. Hey, the good brother is a, is a great businessman. I yeah, just say positive things about him. Absolutely, absolutely. He uh, is in the at home collecting them checks. It's all it's all the big LGBs. You know what I'm saying? Business. He's living his best life. He knows what he needs to do right now. So yeah, we've had Jack Perry, Mirror as the muscle, uh, Santana, because he's just so he's so talented. He needs to be Very showcased talented. somewhere. Uh, and then uh, Jay News suggested Keith Lee. Who I just I, I don't know if he fits with the stable, but he instantly is someone that I'm like, yeah, he would work in New Japan. Can you imagine like him versus Ishii or like someone like that? I I still get people like the people I work with their wrestle talk, they still talk about Ishii versus Keith Lee from like 2017, 2018 Rev Pro. Like they still talk about it. Can you imagine time. though in Japan? Like yeah. they would... it's different. Yeah, oh. you're right. You're They'd right. be obsessed with that match, right? How it, and Shingo, uh, Keith Lee versus oh, yeah. Shingo. Oh yeah, triple uh, threat. Give it a triple threat. <laughs> we got Power Driver finisher. He says, "Oh man, Miro has it, but personally, he leaves a lot left to be desired. I feel he could move faster and do more in the ring, but chooses to move slower." Yeah, I think that he's been taught in WWE that slower means that you're making it mean more. But no, slower. I also slower. think with Miro is that slower suits his image. Like I think, like you said in WWE, they were probably taught to like stick to what suits your image. And for example, like whereas in New Japan you see more like you can see the smaller guys going to the mat and using power. You can see the bigger guys using speed. I feel like maybe in WWE. Miro wasn't taught that you can do that and that is an acceptable thing to do. So obviously now he's in AEW, sort of like, well, that's what he's learned. It's going to be very hard to change that. Yeah, and it's, it's still working for him. He's collecting a big check himself. Uh, even even when we don't see him, guys, don't worry. He's still, he's still collecting that check. Uh, we got here in the chat, we got a bunch of suggestions of matches. We got Trey Jones who says Miro versus Suzuki would bang. Yes. Sure, yes. sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Frantic World saying oh, yeah. versus Jeff mm -hmm. Cobb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Big beefy man. Yep. Big Slapping meat. Uh, we got Big Man Dogs. He says, maybe Jay White can join a disgruntled <laughs> AEW guy. Just I mean, when, you know what? I love Jay White, but I don't see I don't see him going back to New Japan anytime soon. No. Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. The only time I want to see him interact with people from New Japan is if uh, the War Dogs ever invade AEW. And, and I'm going to be ex I'm excited actually. That's one of the, as soon as Osprey said he was signing with AEW, I was like, give me that. Because their relationship was so weird. Like, friends in chaos. Then, even when like they 
weren't when Osprey left Chaos, then they had some interactions on social media. And I feel like theirs is another saga left yes. unfinished in New Japan. I, I feel like they're not even gonna touch they're gonna do what New Japan did in AEW, <laughs> where they're not gonna touch that they're gonna not gonna touch that match until like the Continental Classic. You remember all the last matches. Uh oh. See, so now this is what's been going on the entire time. Uh, we've got to wait for SP3 to get back on via satellite and whatnot. But did, did I ever say when we were doing Ace Techers? Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was when we were doing actually the last True Heel Heat. And it was just the two of us after you left. Mm -hmm. And I just got cut off. Uh, it was just me by myself. SP3. <laughs> <laughs> there's two SP3s now. Yeah, it seems it, it seems like my Wi-Fi is still is still just still hates me right now. It just really hates me. X Men, the Sentinels, as Power Driver Finisher said. But uh, yeah, the last time they had like a matchup outside the G One or a tournament was uh, the anniversary show when Will was still a junior. That was a good match. So. I love that match. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 My favorite really match between them is still the the ROH match oh, at World Worlds yeah, that we were yeah. on. It was it, it was Babyface Jay White, a Jay White we haven't seen in a decade. Um, Jay White in the small little trunks. Yeah, and he was high, he was out there high flying. It was a different version of Jay yeah. White. Facts. Facts. Show that Jay White, the Jay White now, and he'll be like, "What?" <laughs> he was like, "I don't even know who that is." <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Well, let me let's move on. Well, give us more suggestions for this AEW disgruntled stable that we are building maybe in I New Japan. Maybe, maybe I should join. I'm not part of AEW, but I'm a disgruntled person. You're you're disgruntled with AEW. Yeah. So I I can I'll be in the faction. Feels like I'm just gonna take all my people. That's my goal of this of me in this stable. Take all my people back. Well, moving on to the next matchup, the second match on the main card, we had a Lucha tag team action. As uh, uh, is it, I'm not gonna let him gaslight me, guys. Say the names, J News. Are you gonna allow me to say the names now? Yeah, go what ahead. are you doing? I, yeah. thought we, I thought we were I thought we were gonna do the practice thing, dog. I'm gonna let you be, man. Now I gotta apologize to you about that, dog. I ain't trying to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Get with the program, brother. Do it. Do it. Nah, nah, say it. I gave you the floor. Say it. <laughs> anyway, so we had one team, the faces in this whole thing. Uh, we have Mascara Dorada and Volador Jr. Uh, going up against Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. Uh, for this particular match. Uh, lots of lucha action, even though I agree with my lady friend Dolores. We could have done without this match, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah. This, this was uh, the most inconsequential matchup on the card. Uh, Barador Jr. and Mascarera Dorada getting the victory <laughs> in this one. See, see, see? I didn't even laugh. Sonal is laughing here. This, I know. And, 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 and you see, brother, I told you. I know. I was, I, was about to, I was about to put up the thumbnail like, oh, it's over. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sorry, sorry, SP. Just, just, it's just, oh, the both of them, the both of them just gaslighting me out here. No, 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 gaslighting no, no. me on these streams. No, no, but it is. Is it sounds it, my, my mom did um, a set of Spanish lessons and it sounded like she was trying to pronounce Spanish words. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, 
Well, I didn't take Spanish in high school, so let everybody know. I learned Latin, which only teaches you about gods and Greek what? gods for some reason. It's weird. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. I thought this match was fun, but I do agree with Dolores. It felt inconsequential. Like the first match, I gave three stars to this match. It was better. I gave it three and a quarter, but like. It, it felt like it felt like it was something from a CMLL card put on a New Japan card. No, not even because at least with the CMLL stuff, sometimes but you it's it's built like the New Japan stuff where you get all the backstage stuff afterwards, right? We got yeah. backstage stuff, but there wasn't any real storytelling in the ring in order to get to the backstage stuff. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I was like, to, to your point, it was inconsequential. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? They just doing moves to do moves for the sake of doing moves? Like, what yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> what, what was a bit weird to me because obviously Sobrano Jr. he turned, didn't he? Yes, and the, he did. It was just, I found it weird him teaming them with Rocky. So Rocky's also a heel in his Rocky's CMLL. a heel in CMLO. So they're, they're. I thought that might be the case because when I was doing it, I was like, because we know Rocky's the king of sneaky style. And mm -hmm. like, I was thinking, because obviously I don't watch CMLO. That makes more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why he 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 was work he worked this matchup like a heel as well. So yeah. Dustin saying it was fun but not necessary for this show. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess like it was a good match. It was a, that's all that's all. It was a fun, good match, good some good Lucha Libre action, but not very important to the rest of the card. But we had a grudge match next and all in Jade News as we had TJP of the United Empire going up against the IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion David Finley, a champion versus champion battle as TJP is one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. And this was a fun little matchup. You felt the animosity between the two guys. This was a first time meeting despite all their experience on New Japan Strong together. Uh, they spent a lot of time on this NJPW strong roster, but this match was fun. We saw a little bit of the new persona of TJP as he used the red mist at one point when the referee was distracted trying to stop David Finley from using a weapon. He then hit the uh, Mamba Splash for a good near fall, but David Finley just really overwhelmed TJP at the end here in a big old power driver for a near fall, then picking him up and hitting his new version of of Into Oblivion to pick up the victory in this one. One, two, three. David Finley in a non-title matchup, picking up a win So for the Bullet Club War Dogs for them to have some momentum heading into the five-on-five -five steel cage matchup. I gave this match three and a half stars. So, now what did you think? I like when they do heavyweight versus junior. I think it's quite nice, and especially, like, obviously, like you said, leading up to this five-on-five, -five, they've given us not just... Because I feel like in the past, TJP's been given quite random matches, like especially singles matches. So I like that this was actually like a purpose. I think he teased something maybe in the backstage about the future of the Empire. Mm -hmm. and like, To be fair, he's actually been teasing this for a while. I think ever since Osprey announced he was leaving, he put some stuff on his social media. So, yeah, it'll be because I think he said he wants to move up to heavyweight as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense even more, I guess, for this match. 
Uh, we got Big Man Dogs. He says, I get the vibe that TJP might be the new United Empire leader. I wanted to be Okan. I don't, I didn't get that by this match, especially. But uh, Jay News, what did you think about TJP versus David Finley? I thought it was a good match, man. I thought, like you said, it brought a lot of the animosity out between UE and the War Dogs in this match. Um, I felt like TJP was really kicking David Finley's ass the majority of the match, which was which was well needed and necessary. And then he made David Finley look like a million bucks, as I said he would. So, you know, uh, it, it made all the sense. Go ahead, Salam. I think people seem to underrate or, like, underpraise TJP as a wrestler. Like, they don't realize how long he has been wrestling. Oh, yeah. And like just because like oh he's a junior he's just come to new japan like they almost seem shocked when he puts on a good match i'm like the guy's been wrestling for longer than pretty much most of the roster yeah like yeah. i don't know why you'd find it shocking and yeah. then like i think i saw some people like going like oh if he becomes united empire leader it'd be awful but if you're going on like experience and a veteran to guide you like united empire tjp yeah. would be the perfect choice yeah Absolutely. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna take the one with the most experience, it would be TJP. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's been wrestling longer than everybody. I think he I think he's at the 20 year mark at this point. So um yeah, because he was one he was one of the he was one of the first uh one of the first real LA dojo guys from that that first class in the early two thousands and stuff. Him, Samoa Joe, and a couple of others. So yeah, Brian Danielson, Shinsuke Nakamura. There it is. Yep. Very, very long line that TJP comes from. But, yeah, I thought this was a, a good matchup here. TJP looked good. David Finley once again picking up a victory as he's going to defend the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship against Nick Nemeth on February 24th at uh, New Beginning in Sapporo. I wanted to ask y'all to because we talked about it yesterday on our Hard to Kill review. What do y'all think about Nick Nemeth also showing up showing up and signing with TNA? So no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it makes the most sense if he wasn't going to do a full time with New Japan because I personally would never see him in AEW. So I guess TNA makes the most sense. I don't know. I don't really watch TNA that much, but for I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it's the best place for him. Yeah. Not gonna sign with me, and I I kind of didn't expect him to sign full time with New Japan either. <sighs> I, I, I I didn't I didn't see that as a long term thing either. Yeah, I think that this whole TNA thing isn't gonna be a long term thing. Um. Not that it's a bad thing, as I don't know if most folks, most folks in the chat, our listeners know, I have not been a fan of TNA for a very, very long time. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad wrestling. I just don't watch it. Um, it's a good place for him to be, right? Uh, still, still has eyes on him. He'll have eyes on him in New Japan. He'll have eyes on him on TNA. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to do something with his brother along the lines at some point, somewhere in there as he wants to. Um, so that that'll come up. But uh, I thought it was interesting for him to uh, hit his finisher on. Uh, it wasn't Moose. because Did he get it on Moose? He got it on Moose. Yeah, he had it on Moose after he won the TNA Heavyweight Championship from uh, Alex Shelley. That was that was quite the face off, and I was like, "Wow, this is there is a disparity in this size right here." And I was like, 
Okay. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, if he, he's the big signing, that makes sense, right? Because yeah. earlier, and I have to mention this, earlier in the show when AJ Francis came out, and I was like, this better not be it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We, I knew I knew which ones weren't the big signing. Like, I, I saw some people be like, oh, AJ Francis on the pre-show? That's the big signing? I was like, that's not the big signing. Yeah, then it was Ash by Elegance, the former Dana Brooke, and, and she came out before the knockout championship matchup, and people were like, oh, she's the big signing? I was like, no, she's not the big signing. That was that, that was the hope there. Uh, it was it's I, I honestly didn't think that 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 Ash was gonna continue wrestling, but it was interesting to see her there, uh, to be quite honest. But yeah, man, Nick Nick's gonna do his thing, man. He's gonna continue to bump like crazy and sell like crazy and make people look like a million bucks is what he does. Uh, but I hope that he has a great level of success doing whatever he wants to do, uh, what, what and where he's gonna do it. So, uh, that's uh, that's a big thing there. That's what I was thinking. Is T was TNA an option because he's gonna have more flexibility? Mm. I, like think, to, I think that's probably do, the case. Yeah. Yeah, not just like to do other like companies like New Japan, but also like he does his own stuff. Pro like, mm. do you know what I mean? I feel like AEW is a bit more strict with their like schedules right. and stuff, and maybe mm. they might have demanded more. Whereas I feel like similar to like quite a lot of veterans in the state, they don't really want to be doing it full time. Do you know what I mean? They just wanna. They want to wrestle as well as they can, but obviously they want a bit more freedom. I mean, take Shinsuke Nakamura, who's basically living his best life in WWE. Surfing, doing a few matches, his body's fine. Yeah, with uh, TNA, you're only working at best like two days a month. Month, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're doing two days a month. He could do the tours for New Japan, do his stand-up, do some whatever else he does outside the ring i know he does a bunch of other stuff outside of wrestling so he has the the availability to do that instead of the aew schedule where he probably wasn't confident that aew was going to put him in a prime position because their roster is just completely stacked and i like the fact that we haven't heard anything about tony khan going after anyone who was a part of the latest release right. because aew doesn't need him. yeah they don't need they, any they can't they can't cope they can't cope with anymore it just it's like even like i guess even a year ago before they had like a new set of signings obviously osprey is going it's like they've oh, like they started saying we're going to give all these people these opportunities but with all the big stars they've signed they've they're oversaturating on big stars never mind the ones who joined aw with the hopes of like making their name like shine mm -hmm. exactly it's, it's like I'm not insulting Tony Khan here for once, because like it's business, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you if you're gonna have these top stars as free agents, you're gonna want to sign them. The problem comes is being able to give everyone who deserves it the right platform to shine, yeah. rather than just like because they've got how many shows? Three shows. Three, yeah. Three, and it's like you can obviously tell the big stars go on here, and then the the not so good ones, and it's like you can see the disparity, and obviously the hierarchy. Which is a bit yeah. of a shame, but that's what AEW was created to get rid of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it seems like they're kind of going in the same direction. Uh, Brooklyn Bleak saying probably like uh, Leo Rush length of time in, in TNA. Well, Leo Rush was on a pair of appearance. Like that was something like he came in, 
he did his his few appearance for the company. I think that uh, Nick Nemeth is on I, the fact that he rips up his shirt and he has the TNA shirt underneath. That means that he's here for some length of time. That's what I took that as. Yeah, that's I I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. No. Well, damn, Dolores. She said, "No offense." Is Dana the C list Tony Storm? Oh shit. No, Ash by Elegance. I, I think Ash by Elegance is more of like uh, she's supposed to be like a perfume model. But it does look very similar. Yeah, I mean they are. Let me not go there because at the end of the day, it's gonna, it's gonna just, it's gonna come out wrong. People are gonna take it the wrong way. It's like, oh, yeah, Janus wants to keep the peace. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to, to be jumped on. He's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna get canceled, guys. Sorry. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not, not today. It's like usually I'll take on the smoke. I don't care. But it's like, I, not, not with that. Just not with that. I, I did not, I did not see that. I did not see that as a ripoff of uh, Timeless Tony Storm. Uh, we got uh, Brooklyn Blake saying Tony Storm and Rick Martel. I, I guess that's Maybe. closer. Maybe. That's cool. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's closer. All right. Next up, uh, we had more tag team action, but this time for a championship, the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships to be exact, as it was the Bullet Club War Dogs represented by Clark Connors and Alice Coglin challenging the dual champions of the IWGP and NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Champions. ELP and Hikaleo, the Gorillas of Destiny, G-O-D. And I thought this was a good effort by the Bullet Club War Dogs really bringing the attack, being aggressive in this matchup against the champions. But the champions showing their experience as a team with uh, withstanding a lot of the offense that Coglin and Connors put together. They do have experience teaming together, but not as the War Dogs morphed during their time in the LA Dojo. And they showed that here, but it was Hikaleu's size, and then uh, ELP is just so athletic. He could just he just puts together these nice little sequences, like when he hit like he hit like a moonsault in the ring, then went outside, hit a tornado DDT, then in the ring these two uh, double team hit their finisher, the thunder, the thunder kiss eighty six on Alex Coglin with Hikaleu picking up the pin for them to retain the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships. Sanal, what did you think about this one? Thank you, New Japan, for giving us Openweight. Yes. Like, because mm -hmm. like, I think people forget that that is a thing. But the fact that they had Clark Connors in that match, I was like, yes, they... They are giving us like heavyweight and junior. And I like that they're doing it separately. Like, you know, that they're defending the belt separately. I really like the match. Um, again, Hikaleo and ELP are growing as a team each time. And I like that maybe it wasn't, because obviously it's quite low in the card. It wasn't meant to be a huge match, but they beat very worthy opponents. Do you know what I mean? Because no, you could, yeah. while Coglin maybe is not up to the standards. Clark Connors, former IWGP junior tag champion. Do you know what I mean? I just think it was a very nice, it was a very good match. And I think it really adds to the prestige of um, G.O.D., which I think they need because obviously, I don't know if everyone is sold on them as champion, double champions. 
they need these credibility wins. I think they need to put them up against some kind of more credible teams as well. That would help them to, you know, they've gotten the win over Bishamon twice now, and that's how they became the dual champions. But we need more tag teams that have like an established name for them to beat. But beating the Bullet Club War Dogs, putting them in their rear view mirror, I thought was a nice uh, step in their strong open weight tag team title run. Jay News, what did you think about this one? I gave the match uh, three and a quarter stars for anyone who's wondering. No, nah, man, I thought that the match went well. I thought it was decent enough. Uh, the War Dogs, like Sanal said, they finally did the open weight thing, which which is like it's it, it was it was meant to be Strong's definitive way of doing matches. Uh, you could you would be able to see the juniors versus the heavyweights and vice versa and all that stuff. And they hadn't really been doing it for a while, so they stuck to it here. Uh, always a good combination to see. Uh, Clark Connors going uh, with Alex Coughlin because those those dudes they always try to tear it up when in their early days New Japan strong. Now not necessarily knowing if Clark Connors is staying or going, that's another issue altogether at this point. Um, Alex, you know Alex Coughlin has always been his deal is is going to be up too, huh? His deal is going to be up too. Oh, I is think it's really? all of those folks. Yeah, it's, it's all, it, Yeah, it's all the Bullet Club War Dogs. It's Gabe Kid, it's Trilla Maloney, Alice Coughlin, oh, and Carcano. I just think, wouldn't it be funny if suddenly, like next month, David Finney just got no War Dogs? He just by himself. Imagine. <laughs> so what I think is going to happen now is that United Empire is going to win this cage match. And then the ending is going to be Will Ospreay naming one of them as the leader. It's going to be like the ending of uh, Hook when uh, hmm. when when Robin Hood uh, names one or no, what is it? It's Peter Pan. Peter Pan uh, names one of them the leader. Um, Yo, that's – so I brought up a point here. And you also brought up a point with the fact that all their, all their contracts are expiring. Like if David Finley gets left alone in that ring, after that, please match. do that. <laughs> all they all they would need to do is give a give a good brother a call. You know what I'm saying? Fly him out to Osaka, and I would have told the ball this wasn't worth a damn because he ain't nobody's leader. You know what I'm saying? They all left. Now you're left with this. Go join the House of Torture. Goddamn. <laughs> I think I think the thing is though, so with and it seems to be the case with like every single every time an expiry date is up. Um Tanner, it says it Tanner needs to pay the war dogs more. That is one thing, but you've also got they are all foreigners. Yes. It depends on what stage they are. Tanner can throw them millions if they can, but if they're not able to do the traveling, if they have got plans, if they want to settle down then no amount of money that Tanner is going to throw at them is going to do anything for that. Like, you yeah. can't, just because AEW chucks money at people, AEW is different. The schedule is less rigorous, um, especially, so most of them are American. For Gabe and Maloney, it's a much shorter, easier plane ride from the UK. Like, and they've seen with Osprey that you can do that. Japan is, and it's why I think now they are focusing more on their, Japanese yeah. young lions because they know that they can't keep relying on foreigners because they won't go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're gonna see that that shift to them focusing more on their kind of uh, you know their talent there, the Japanese talent more than the Gaijin talent because of the influx of so much talent that seems to be about to leave the promotion right now. 
Yeah, I think uh, they um even even with I think and this is my personal opinion. I feel like they they rushed the excursions for uh Oscar Loibe and Nak and Nakashima. Um, because I mean, can we just say congrats to Nakashima for actually making it to his excursion? We did not think you would make it this far, sir. We so congrats. See it. We didn't see it. Sanal, I'm gonna let you have that. I, I, I let you have that. Hey, no, he feels like in a very same position to uh, Watanabe. Watanabe, this man. Why bring a Watanabe now? <laughs> okay, okay, all right. You know for what? Any, for anyone unaware, Watanabe would originally would uh, eventually become evil. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The head, yes, the head yes. of the house of torture. I mean, look, man. At the at the end of the day, um, they're 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 they they're gonna have a new class of young lions coming in. We've already seen two. We're probably gonna see another two, and uh, during uh, another two from the Noge Dojo appear during the 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 new beginning shows as well. Yes. Um, they've got to get these guys going. Um, as per the War Dogs, man, I don't necessarily know where any of those dudes are going to end up. I would wish, my biggest wish is really that NJPW sticks with Gabe Kidd at least. At least Gabe Kidd. Um, everyone else, not that they can go, not like they're disposable, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like Gabe Kidd is the one who's got the star power for me from, from, from that crop of guys. Um, I see Clark Connors like an NXT dude, to be quite honest. That's what I see. That's just me. Um, and Alice Coglin, I don't know to be honest. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, you might but, need to drop the the crazy um, yeah. eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that will work everywhere. Yeah, and uh, and Drilla. To, to be honest, I don't necessarily know if Drilla's going to be signed to anywhere out uh, in America. I think staying might, in the UK he, is probably going to be his. He might go the back UK to, and uh, be his best bet. But he might go back to WWE. Who knows? See, mm. I wasn't I wasn't even aware that he had signed like a proper new Japan contract. Yeah. Just because he obviously is still doing loads of shows here in the UK. So I just mm. assumed he was doing like a, but then to be fair, this one about drill I think is a bit un like less certain compared yeah. to the other war dog. Because mm. like I said, like I think someone said driller only signed probably last April or something. So, yeah, he signed before Beth's the Super Junior. Yeah, so I feel like even if I think his contract sh shouldn't be up this early yeah. you never know you never uh, know i actually would not have this order big man dog he said he, he said my order is kid drilla coglin and connor's like you're you're definitely overrating drilla's time in the bullet club war dog because drilla I, I, was, I, I, drilla I was considered Connors. one of the worst people in the best of super junior so how could he be the second best in the war dogs connor's is phenomenal like yeah, I'm second, yeah. was connor's is second yeah. If I was yeah, Connor for as long as Connor says that he is staying in the junior division, I would invest a lot of money in Connor's just because we need the big guys in the junior division, you know, yeah. the more power guys. Mm -hmm. So while Gabe, yeah, is the top, I'd say Connor's would has to be second because yeah. I would personally yeah. put a lot of money for him. Yeah. Like that's your that's your foreign, you got your foreign heavyweight ace in kid, and then you got your foreign junior ace in Connor's. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Those also, the, Coglin, Coglin should never not be last because I love Coglin, but really he's the weakest of that entire crop. Yeah. yeah. I, he, I, hasn't, I like, he hasn't found himself in the yeah, not yet. At least, at least yeah. with Drilla, he improved on himself by joining the Bullet Club War Dogs and be, 
and being a heel with Clark, with Connors. And that's why they were the better duo because Coglin kind of was not on the same level as Kid. Like there was a you could see the the range of who was improving and who was better as a character when they are together. And then Coglin, yeah, he has to be the last out of the four. And that's not saying, you know, he's bad or anything. He's really good. He's just out of those four, I would say he's fourth. It's like Bailey. It's like Bailey with the four horsewomen. She's fourth, <laughs> but she's really, really good. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa. I love Bailey. I'm a big Whoa, Bailey. I'm a big Bailey fan, but the di- people will tell people will try to sit up here and hate Charlotte Flair so much and try to tell you she's fourth out of the four horsewomen. And she's not. She's just I, not. I got nothing. I got nothing on this, man. I got nothing. You you're gonna act like you gonna act like you gonna act like they right they right. I I, I I ain't got nothing on this for the simple fact that when 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 slander gets tossed towards any of those women, you get canceled somewhere. Uh, I, 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 and you ain't getting ready to get canceled today on the. I, I see that. I see that. I see that. He he is being very careful. P- this is PC news. <laughs> this ain't J news. This is PC news. All right, go moving on to the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. Julia defending for the eighth time against NJPW Academy member Trisha Dora. This matchup here started off with Julia kind of showing her attitude towards Trisha Dora, not really taking her seriously. She put on an octopus hold at one point, and Trisha Dora immediately showed her power, changing that into a submission of her own, like an arm bar kind of octopus hold, a reverse octopus hold herself. Uh, she started showing her power off with some big power moves, but eventually Julia would gain the advantage with a big butterfly suplex off the top rope, Avalanche style. This didn't stop Trisha Dora, though. She would come back, get some good near falls late in this one, but Julia would just... Oh, really with the hard-hitting style. The strikes of Julia are just so precise. She's just so smooth in the ring, and they really just, just kind of overwhelm anyone that she's in the ring with. And she did that to Trisha Dora here, ending her off with her Northern Lights bomb to pick up the one, two, three. This one going just under 15 minutes. I thought this was a really good matchup here. Three and three-quarter stars. I rated it. Julia retaining the NJPW Strong Women's Championship as the rumors will keep increasing as we head into March. So I don't know what's going to happen, but we shall see as far as uh, Julia uh, holding this NJPW Strong without this one. I thought it was a good match, man. It was my first time seeing a Trisha Dora match where it lasted more than five minutes. So that was a, that was a, a, a dope thing to see. Uh, secondarily, she was in there with one of the top uh, women's wrestlers on the planet. You know what I'm saying? So it was a it was a good thing to see her be able to compete and and stay up to par. You know, so that was cool. Uh, Julia being the star that she is, being able to just carry uh, all that charisma, you know, from the freaking walkway to the ring and everything else in between. It's just it's aura. It's it's, uh, it's, it's aura. Yeah, the aura that she brings. It's 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 second to none. Uh, Patricia Dora showed they, she showed something, man. She showed something, and, and and it was and it was cool. Uh, you know, when Julia won, and and they and they shook hands, and it was all a matter of respect. Uh, I said to myself, okay, you know, maybe they might plot an angle here, but they didn't, um, because it was just to show a respect or whatever. But at the end of the day, I feel like 
with Stephanie Vaquera uh, winning her match earlier in the night. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be Julia's last match, a strong open women's champion or whatever. Um, and Julia will go go out that way. That's my personal opinion. Uh, but the match itself, that was very good. Solid three and three and three quarter stars for me for the ladies doing the damn thing. Um, more showcase than that. Uh, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. What did you think, Sonal? I really liked it. It was actually my first time seeing Trisha Dora wrestle. And I really liked it. Um, I think, again, in like another card, another way, it could have got a bit longer. But I think that this was a really nice introduction to, like I said, people like me who didn't know who had done. And obviously, Julia is phenomenal. Eighth, eighth defense. Like, I really think that, because obviously we all went through a stage where, like, New Japan Strong is just a bit shit. They're not really doing, but with all of their titles, even now that the strong open weight is now with the AW Continental, yeah. is that it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of the Triple Crown Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least it's getting utilized. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, clear... the past year, they've utilized those strong titles a lot better. And this eighth defense, once again, I think this is the second time I'm iterating this after a Julia defense. She now has more defenses than every IWGP Women's Champion that's ever lived, which is three. So I think, I think we've said this, that it's um, a different person doing strong, isn't it? Rocky compared to Gato, and that obviously is showing. So, so, so is it fair to say, right, at this point, even though we understood where they were trying to go with the IWGP Women's Championship, would it have been, would it, would it have been fair to just give that championship to Julia? Because she's the one doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, they should have done that. They they probably should have done Mayu to to Julia instead of uh, Julia taking the strong title. But yeah. she made the most out of this title that was created for Mercedes Monet. She's raised the prestige of the title, and I think in a time where all of the belts are doing well, she's actually the perfect. And I think it suit the strong one suits her more because she now when she drops it, because like I said, everything with contracts it'll depend on that. She has got that long legacy. Yeah, I think this is just has been like her way of introducing herself to U.S. crowds before she makes the jump to uh, WWE. And oh, oh that, that's com- SP3 confirming that. I, I mean, I, we haven't heard anything about Tony Khan trying to talk to her. I mean, like Tony, she wants to be out here. It's pretty obvious. I th- she's doing English lessons. She's doing promos for Stardom right now in English. She's that's how she's practicing. To go to the U.S. and we haven't heard not one iota of a rumor or talk between AEW and Julia. So it seems like she's going to WWE. Uh, Trey Jones saying, "I want Julia to run the women's division in NXT like Oscar did." I mean, I wouldn't mind that. That was a great run. Maybe. Uh, maybe. We got WrestleScopes. He says, I'm hoping Julia uh, wrestles at the show in Chicago in April. I think that if they don't like book like the Stephanie Becker and stardom, that maybe she'll do like should do what Okada and Osprey and all these other guys are doing and working past their contract. Yeah. I, I, I think that I think that'll be a good way to go. Yeah. But speaking of which, with uh, April 12th, we haven't really talked about it. We didn't talk about it on the uh, Wrestle Kingdom review or any of our other reviews of stuff because it hadn't been more prominent, but it became more prominent here 
that coming up on April 12th, the biggest NJPW strong show of all time is going to happen as it's going to be Windy City Riot in Chicago, Illinois, but this time at the Wing Trust Arena, 10,000 tickets that they that they can potentially sell for this event. And NJPW was like, all right, we're, we're going to try, try to sell all these tickets, apparently, by the matches that they booked for this show already. And it started Are you going early SP3? On. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. That's a, that's like two weeks after WrestleMania. So it depends on what I'm doing for WrestleMania. But, I mean, the the, the card is already stacked with two matches made. As uh, first they announced, they do a video they play from Mustafa Ali, where he is doing his campaign again. And he says can, that can he's... Can I ask something? Can I ask something? As I've not been yeah. following Mustafa Ali. As someone who was a very big fan of 205 Live, has he taken Drew Gulak's um, shtick from when he first got on for, for no. a better 205 Live? Because that's what it seemed like. No, no, no. no, no, no. 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 Drew's was more of like, you know, a better 205. It was the PowerPoint presentation. He was more like a teacher. This is more, he's a politician. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I saw yeah. it and I had flashbacks. I had very <laughs> flashbacks. It's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm actually a proponent of what Mustafa Ali is doing. This, this gimmick that he's riding. This whole, which is what he wanted to do in WWE, and they said no. Um, so I like it to be quite honest, because being a politician means you have to be PC about everything, and him doing that as a man of color is like the most slap in the face thing you've ever said. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This works. This works. Woke. Um, he's woke. So yeah. He's woke Ali. So yes. he in this campaign, in this campaign uh, uh, speech, he basically talks about bringing the campaign to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he says that he is calling out the junior heavyweight division, but most importantly, he is calling out Hiromu Takahashi. He said this man is supposed to be one of the best junior heavyweights in the world, but he's walking around with a stuffed animal. He's making I, a I, joke. I found that offensive. How dare you call Daryl a stuffed animal? Called him a, a lunatic and called out Daryl. I, you know, I love Mustafa Ali, but I will fight him for that statement. Daryl is not just a stuffed toy. He said he's a lunatic, so he is calling him out. April twelfth, Chicago, Illinois, Wind Trust Arena, Windy City Riot. And this was immediately one of the matches that I said I wanted to see from Mustafa Ali. If he was going on this world tour, I was like, put him in New Japan, throw him in the junior heavyweight division, throw him in there in Aromu. But his debut matchup in his hometown of Chicago in the Wind Trust Arena against Hiromu, ooh, that's, a, that's shaping up to be a banger. How excited were you to hear about this matchup, hear about the arrival of Mustafa Ali when you saw this? Sanaa? So excited. Like I said, I obviously I've not watched WWE, so I've not watched him for ages. But when I first was watching it and I watched 205, I loved Mustafa Ali. I loved everything he stood for. His moveset was amazing. They, they didn't give him the best storylines. Again, like I can't say after I stopped watching it. And yeah, I think to imagine like Mustafa Ali in the junior division so like in the best of super junior or something like I'm just thinking of all the amazing matches that he's gonna have with the guys and I'm like I'm excited because he'd be the perfect addition he really would and I I really want him in the best of super junior you gotta put him in the best you know, hear this, hear this come, 
on Gato. It's just a month before. He's debuted a month before the Best of Super Juniors. Have that be his Japan debut, Best of Super Juniors. So now, uh, Jay News, what did you think about Mustafa Ali's speech? I agree. Uh, the speech itself, I thought, first of all, the production values and some of these guys' stuff on the indies nowadays is amazing. First yeah. of all, <laughs> so that's part one. Uh, two, Ali's in great shape. Uh, so you know, he stays, he stay ready. Ali stay ready. Um, so that's that's part two about that. Part three, best of super juniors. If they can, and I know I'm shooting, I'm 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 going far with this. If they can get Ali and Leo Rush to commit, bruh. <laughs> It could Bruh. even be last year's tournament, which was probably the best tournament yes. of the year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they could get those two, those two brothers to commit to go to Japan for those for those several weeks and tear it up, man. You know, with the likes of Hiromu and Wato and Desperado, um, some of the guys from 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 Noah, maybe, um, and, and whatnot. So you know, get get it, get it, get it, get a real big eclectic mix of the best of, of the juniors there for the best of super junior tournament. Uh, but Ali versus Hiromu at, at Windy City Riot, man, that's gonna that's gonna tear the house down, man. Those dudes. Are gonna I almost do wonder, like, what the result is gonna be. Like, I gotta be Ali, Ali winning. Well, he's the hometown guy, right? He's gotta yeah. be Ali winning because Hiromu doesn't have the the, the championship anymore. So exactly, anyway, that's yeah. quite funny though, because there was actually I can't remember which wrestling website put it out, and they were like, Mustafa Ali has challenged the IWGP Junior Champion for a right. match. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I, and I believe, uh, I believe, what's his name, uh, Tom Lawler on commentary. Yeah, he said made that agree. mistake. He yeah, said that's that. probably why the news outlet then yeah. was like, ah, the junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, did, uh, y'all didn't get the memo. Y'all didn't watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, watch Wrestle Kingdom. The really good match between Hiromu and Desperado. Really, really, really good match. So you should probably watch it and learn yeah. that there's a new junior heavyweight champion, guys. Sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Mustafa Ali versus Hiromu Takahashi. We got Frantic Rose said, I hope we could see Ali at Forbidden Door 3 this year. I hope not. I'm liking the fact that guys like Ali, guys like Nick Nemeth, guys like Matt Riddle are not going to AEW. We don't need all these guys in AEW. AEW got a dope roster themselves of fresh matchups that they have not done and built to and did not do uh, that they can get to that you don't need Mustafa Ali, you don't need uh, Nick Nemeth, you don't need Matt I mean, unless Mustafa Ali is out for Bindor 3 as part of the New Japan roster. Right. Even then, even then, I'm like, oh, I, I, you wouldn't really feel, and I feel like uh, he, he should just stay on the satellite. Like, you know, I don't understand why he, why, why he, why he's so adamant about sticking with his goddamn Wi-Fi. It's not working. But anyways, um, no. At the end of the day, I think that that this whole Ali debut via the video package was a cool was a cool bit. Um, him, uh, you know, out there. Doing that's, his thing. That's and, uh, what? With a lot. What? <laughs> He's back. SB3 He's back. is back again via satellite. Man, just stay on the satellite, bro. Just stay on the satellite, dog. Just stay. It's like it's like when I see when I see when I start talking and I see both of your faces frozen. I was like, oh, I know what time it is. Got to get to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just stay on the satellite, man. Stay on the satellite. It's okay. Time to switch it up. Um, it's it's just it's it's hard to do all the other stuff, the back end stuff that I'm doing to, on on my phone. So that's why I, I like I like doing it on my laptop. Um, but yes, uh, we shall talk more about Mustafa Ali and Hiromu that big matchup ahead of Windy City Riot. But let's get to the next match on the card, and we had some tag team action as it was TMDK represented by Zack Saber Jr. and Bad Dude Tito going up against Matt Riddle and X. And X was revealed to be Matt Riddle's former tag team partner on the independent scene none other than jeff cobb of the united empire yes a chosen bros reunion here at battle in the valley and we talked about mustafa ali wanting to see him in the best of the super juniors but i cannot tell you how much in my head my mind immediately said book matt riddle in the g1 seeing him mix it up with zach saber jr seeing him mix it up with zach saber jr again i was like this is the matt riddle that i was a fan of before the wwe before the off-screen drama before the airport scenes and all that whatnot this was the matt riddle i enjoyed going technical using his mma prowess using the kicks against zach saber jr he's one of his better opponents yeah jeff cobb going in there with bad dude tito and bad dude tito when is the new japan need to give him a better deal we need to see bad dude tito more in japan we need to see bad dude tito on every single njpw strong show maybe bad dude tito in your new japan cup he's a guy that's so underrated that needs to be featured more he was great in this matchup mixing it up with jeff cobb hitting suplexes on him mixing it up with matt riddle in the end it was matt riddle who got picked up the win in this one with the bro Derek teasing uh maybe a potential matchup with Zack Sabre Jr but gaining some momentum ahead of challenging for the NJPW World Television Championship coming up at New Beginning in Sapporo but this was a very good tag team matchup I give it three and three quarter stars Sanal what did you think I'm gonna I'm right I'm gonna be honest and like don't don't no one come at me it was a great man Something about seeing Matt Riddle in the ring gives me the ick. And I don't oh, know why. I don't know you. Wow. This is, right? this is. The, 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 the reason as to why I say wow, right, is because it has nothing to do with how, how Sanal feels. It's the word ick. Why is this a thing? Huh? Someone so, explain so to me why this is a thing. Why this is a thing. Right? It's like it's like it's like when 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 the new generation then turned hot dogs into glizzies. It's like I don't understand this shit. <laughs> so oh, is that not the new generation? This is coming from a K-pop fandom thing. That's very common word used there. So I'm sorry. We <laughs> 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 an existential crisis there with the word ick. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I was a bit on the fence when he got announced obviously his match against tana but i thought i'm gonna go in like it's like an open mind because i love zach saber jr by their tita and then when obviously jeff cobb and i was like even happy because at first i was confused but then when everyone was like oh they used to tag together i was like oh that's great just something about him i don't know whenever he got in the ring i just i can't even describe it because i'm not going to use the word again for genius's sake Appreciate but it was just it. something about it, i just i don't know that's all I can say. Like, though, I also want to give big props to commentary for hyping up Tito, man. Like, 
they were like Lola was amazing at, and that's the thing. Um, he is obviously one of the guys we don't see much of TMDK, but he has improved, and he, especially when he comes to the UK, gets a massive pop. And I like how each man was given his own time to shine, but also from commentary, like there, each man got their own hype moment. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love yeah. that. Always love the tag team matches where everyone gets their little spotlight, their little showcase. Um, we got <laughs> Trey Jones is a riddle is low key overrated in my opinion. I mean, hey man. <laughs> I'm not going to judge anyone for their opinions on Matt Riddle. I mean, if you got the ick when you watch Matt Riddle, I don't blame you. Jay News, what did you think about this tag match? Oh, man. Listen, man. At the end of the day, it was interesting to see this pairing again. Um, just because uh, Big Mad Dog said earlier, they, 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 uh, they spoiled X before anything. Matt Riddle was still in the ring doing his thing, and then they put Jeff Cobb across the screen. <laughs> like, come on, guys, come on, amateur hour. What are we doing here? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that came about, and then I and then uh, I was talking to Dolores this morning, and I was like, weren't they PWD PWG tag team champions at one point? And I was like, they were they're, yeah. they're a certified tag team, so it makes sense. I mean, if they're still friends, by all, in, by all intents and purposes, let it happen. Um, it worked, um, you know, to your and Jeff kind of gave the signal of trying to invite Riddle to United Empire afterwards. Did uh, I don't know, man. He's like, I don't want it, <laughs> don't want it. <laughs> take it away, take it away. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's gonna work, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll accept him fighting Tana, but in the United Empire, no, thank you, no. No, you know you can keep you can keep Matt Riddle on his own. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody, like I said, they need to go in a new direction over in New Japan. Uh, Tana yeah. needs to take in, he needs to take inventory of all this faction warfare crap, and he just needs to let some some guys go solo. You know, so if, so if Matt Riddle's gonna continue to do some spots here and there with New Japan. Uh, Matt Riddle doesn't need to be a part of a faction, I think. You know what? I'll sacrifice Hontai. <laughs> Tana brought him. Tana can take him. Like, take him in, take him as your own. You can yeah. you can take him over there. Uh, Jimmy Jones saying Jeff is about to get his UE membership revoked if he invites Riddle. Oh, I'll, I'll revoke my membership from the United Empire. Uh Look, man, at the end of the day, I think the match went well, as well as it could. Uh, always shout out to Big Teats, that bad dude, Tito. Uh, he always deserves that love. He deserves that shine. Um, he needs to, he needs more more time in Japan, man. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we need to see more of that bad dude, Tito. Uh, ZSJ doing ZSJ things, man. Um, but from a Matt Riddle perspective, I it, like much to what you said, SP3, it reminded me of indie Matt Riddle, which is what, which, what made me a fan of his on the indies. And whatnot. That is his. He's so unique in the ring that it's you can't really compare him to anybody. Um, but I understand people's feelings towards Matt Riddle. I am not here to invalidate how anyone feels, uh, anyone's opinions of him. Feel and opine all you want. At the end of the day, we're gonna see him on our TVs <laughs> for new fan fans. <laughs> um, and uh, a part of me feels we might see him come TNA sometime soon. So that's just me. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I would not be surprised if he shows up in TNA. There it is. 
But he, he, I mean, I actually watched an MLW match this year, and that was because of Matt Riddle. I watched him and Jacob Batu. They had a good matchup. Uh, I watched a little bit other of that pay-per-view, and that's because they got people like Matt Riddle over there. And you see Matt Riddle here. He looked good, had a good, very good matchup uh, with uh, Jeff Cobb and TMDK. So he, he, he also, I don't know if this hints it. His nails were painted green. That's the color of the United Empire. There you go. There yeah. you go. Little tidbit. Yeah. Little yeah. tidbit there. Um, next up, you had the AEW Continental Crown Championship up for grabs. Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd. And this was a full-on scrap as I like to call it. This was just a brawl from the very beginning. They, most of the offense in this matchup were bites, headbutts, punches, slaps, chops. It was just a full-on fight. This is what you would see in a bar uh, in the UK, a bar in Yonkers. This is what Gabe Kid and Eddie Kingston are all about. They fight on the crowd uh, to start. The, I mean, they fight at ringside to start this matchup. Eventually, they finally get into the ring after like fighting for like five minutes on the floor. They get into the ring, and then it's just full-on chops back and forth. Both guys' uh, chests are just like beat red at, at one point of this matchup they're just beating the ever-loving shit out of each other uh eventually they fight once again to the floor and they just won't stop fighting each other they can't keep each other uh their hands off of each other the referee tries to stop them to get back into the ring as he's making the count on the floor they just totally ignore him and continue fighting and eventually that we get uh eddie kingston is about to get back into the ring to uh, retain the title because gabe kid is down on the floor and Gabe calls him a bitch and Eddie just keeps fighting him on the floor. The referee gets to the count of 20. We get a double count out in this one and they just continue fighting even after the matchup. We have security and officials who come down and try to separate the two. That doesn't stop them from fighting. At this point, Gabe Kidd's mouth is busted open. Him and Eddie are continue fighting until it looks like Kingston has control of Kidd and then the Bullet Club War Dogs come down Alex Coughlin and Clark Connors is a three-on-one assault ending with Gabe Kidd hitting a big power driver on the AEW Continental Crown Championship and then putting his foot on Eddie Kingston's face spitting on the AEW Continental Crown Championship and then telling him he's going to take the NJPW Strong Openweight Championship. I absolutely love this whole thing. This whole thing, it was my bag. This is exactly the type of wrestling I enjoy. It feels real, feels believable, feels like we got two guys with a lot of animosity, and the finish worked perfectly for me because I said from the very beginning with the AEW Continental Crown Championship, Eddie needed a feud to really sink his teeth into to make the most of this championship run if he's going to be a Triple Crown champion. and. Gabe Kid, I said that this feud had a lot of legs to it, so to extend it here, I am totally fine with it. Maybe we get a no DQ, a no hose barred matchup in Chicago at Windy City Riot. I'd be down for that, but Eddie and Gabe Kid just have electric chemistry together. I gave the match four and a quarter stars. Sanal, what did you think? Poor Taito. They gave him the they gave him the they gave him the nutters to really work with. Um yeah, I loved the match. I like 
like US people, I love the ending that it's so open. Gabe didn't win, but he didn't lose either. And then I guess obviously the war dogs coming out links to what happened in a later match. Obviously, like at the end. But I just think Eddie Kingston, man, he's just great, isn't he? Just the, the number of different people he can put amazing matches on with is just it never ceases to shock me. Like he can do all sorts of matches. He can wrestle with the best technical wrestlers, the toughest men, the craziest men with Game Kid. And just allow, like, although he's the champion and he's the veteran, allow his opponent to shine as well. It was great. It was like, perfect. like, I don't normally like double count outs. I just think they're like a cop out sometimes. But this worked yeah. perfect. Yeah, this is where the double count out works. This is very like this is like one of the better like non finishes since like although the one that always comes to my mind that I always think of is Kurt Angle versus Steve Austin from SummerSlam two thousand one, where that was a phenomenal matchup and the the non the non finish it does hurt it a bit, but it doesn't really take away from how great the matchup uh, it was and it adds to the rivalry overall. And I felt like that's what this did. Jay News, what did you think? Um, I think when, when we did the preview, I said this is going to be a no contest. But secondarily, a double countout works the same way at the end of the day. So, you know, I thought that this 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 was exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, Sonal, at the end of the day, Gabe Kid, he's a madman, you know? So, <laughs> you know? He's a madman from... Wolverhampton, then? I think it's Wolverhampton, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't no, no, mistake no. it. You uh, can't mistake the two. Is he from Nottingham? No, no, he's from Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was he from Nottingham. He says Nottingham on here, yeah. but I yeah. feel like that's not a thing. <laughs> but uh, no, the match, the match was everything I wanted it to be, and and more. Um, these two just wailing at each other was what we needed at the end of the day. Um, Eddie Kingston, to Sonal's point, puts on a banger of a match with any style of wrestler, and he always wrestles his style. So you under people need to understand. I was like, oh, you know, Eddie's not a body guy, or Eddie doesn't do the high flying stuff. He doesn't need to. His style works with everyone else's style. That's what makes Eddie Kingston good in the ring on the microphone. Is just something else all complete, man. If you ain't got your A game on the mic, you better not be stepping at Eddie Kingston. And Gabe Kid as the madman, the way that he's going at it, we need more of this. We've been more. We need more of this. I need this on AEW television. Hell <laughs> yeah! I, I want Gabe well, Kidd on AEW. Not no, because we need Gabe. No, 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 no. I don't want him. I don't want. I don't want him to be part of AEW. Just, just get them a match on AEW TV so people can get exposure to the Madman because they think they need the exposure to the Madman. That's all. I, that's all I wanted to know. That's all. I also, also, just like a props. If anyone just wants to do it, watch some of um, Gabriel Kidd's old WCPW stuff. Oh, man. You'll kind of be like shocked. You will literally like be like, "Is that even the same person?" Because that's how it, I found him. It's he was a plucky baby face. He was. Plucky underdog baby face. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah man. It was. Uh, it was interesting always having to see him as a baby face back. I mean, he was sixteen back then. So. That's the thing, yeah. you forget how, like, I always say this, like, I'm like a broken record, like, yeah, he's so young, like, he's a year younger than me, but he has been wrestling since he was, like, in his early teens. Yeah. He won championships when he was, like, 17 or something. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in that he's in that same class as, like, the, the Tyler Bates and the Pete Dunn's of the world. Like, those dudes started at 13 years old, and um, to, 
I shouldn't have even mentioned that because that that has my mind going into another space right now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, man, Gabe Kid, he's the future. He's the future, baby. Yes, it's night and day, WCPW yeah. to New Japan for uh, Gabe Kid. But then it was time for what I was calling a double main event. I called it a double main event when we did our preview, J News. But I thought that this semi-main event would be great, mm -hmm. but it exceeded my expectations. Uh, this was John Moxley going one-on-one -on -one with Shingo Takagi. No disqualification. And we should have known from the stipulation this was going to be a John Moxley type of matchup. So we had the plunder getting involved. He hits him. He hits Shingo in the head with the trash can lid, which splits Shingo open. And then he just goes about stabbing at the wound, making the blood just pour across Shingo's face. He hits him with the candlestick, breaks his candlestick across his knee, and then puts the splinters in Shingo's head. He's using a chain and punching at Shingo's wound, trying to hang him with the chain across the uh, top rope. Uh, he then goes, he sets up a table and Shingo fights back. He's able to hit a big death uh, valley driver off the top rope. He runs uh, Moxley into the ring post and that splits him open. Uh, he pulls out a steel chain and he wraps it around his arm. He hits a big old pumping bomber, gets a near fall for that one. Then he picks up a steel chair. He throws it at uh, Moxley's head. He sets up the chair and it hits a made in Japan. That only gets a near fall. These near falls down the stretch were just like, man, I was like, I thought that was it. I thought that was over. Yeah, Moxley hits a death rider and Shingo's able to kick out. They use trash can lids. They use the chain this is grew and grew in intensity in drama in escalation and the crowd despite this match going over 25 minutes they were as loud in minute 25 as they were in minute one this just kept going up and up and up and just led to a dramatic finish where moxley hits a death rider on a folded chair on shingo takagi to pick up the win this match going over 26 minutes in my opinion, this is one of the best matches of Moxley's career because it was the John Moxley uh, no DQ deathmatch style mixed with Shingo Takagi's pacing. And mm -hmm. Shingo is a master at pacing, he's a master at drama, and he's a master at escalation. And he added all of that to Moxley's style of matchup, and this is one of the best deathmatches, no DQ matches I've ever seen from John Moxley. Right up there with his matchup with hangman adam page last year at revolution i gave the i'm man i gave i won't go full boat this is five star this is a five star matchup john moxley then gets on the mic and just puts the cherry on top of all of this after putting on one of his best matches that he's ever put on in a new japan ring he said he's waited long enough he said 2023 was a difficult year 2024 he's not gonna wait he said he's waited four years to say his name, the one name he wants in 2024, Naito. He said he's waited long enough. It's time. And it was made official later on in the night. Wind, Windy City Riot, April 12th, Chicago, Illinois. It is John Moxley versus Tensuyo Naito. Sanal, what did you think about this match and the challenge by Moxley? You guys know my stance on uh, death matches. I've never really been a fan, but Moxley, you know what? Him and Shingo did really well. Like you said, SP3, 
taken Moxley's deathmatch, but combined it with Shingo's pacing. And that's why, like, neither man let up. So Moxley didn't go, oh, I have the advantage. I am the deathmatch king. And then Shingo didn't go, yeah, but I'm not really used to those. I'm not going to put it. They both put everything into it. Like, you saw it from, like, Shingo coming out in blue jeans. Yes. Like Do you know what I mean? The, where the white vest that showed off the blood at the end. Like, that was, it was so different and so refreshing to see from Shingo because we know him as his speed. We know he can put on amazing matches. But this was something completely different. And you know what? Maybe like when Moxley made his debut in New Japan and then he won the US title, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was like, he doesn't really deserve it. He's just coming. And I've seen people say the same now, but Moxley now deserves it. He, I think he has done enough with New Japan. He has showcased his love for New Japan and his dedication to the company. More than enough to get that. Evil got a title shot. If evil can get a title shot, why can Moxley not get one? Facts. He has one of the best win-loss records since he came to New Japan four years ago. And it's been four years. Like, that's a, that's the other thing. It's been four he years. Since for the heavyweight. I don't think he has, has he? No, he's only, he's only been involved in the U.S. title scene. No. Oh, we missed the U.S. title. We do. We do miss it. Uh, got a bunch of people saying this was their favorite match of the night. We got Power Driver Finisher who says, this was crazy. I have my tidbits about Moxley's style with him occasionally. No selling at the most random times. But damn, this uh, self-gory mutilation was awesome. Like, this was just, it just was just visceral. It, one of those visceral, hardcore, bloody wars. It felt like a war. And the fact that they kept kicking out of these big moves like when Shingo had that sequence where he hits the Death Valley driver into the table, hits a pumping bomber then hits a pumping bomber with the chain and Moxley still kicks out, then he hits the Made in Japan on the chair, Moxley still kicks out, it just felt like yo, what is it gonna fucking take? This is like struggle, a war for both guys, and then this was after Shingo had taken like 10 12 minutes of Moxley just mutilating him, so it was just so, such a great story that they told as well with the physicality j news what did you think about this one this I, this is honestly i will say my second i think the second best match of 2024 so far behind brian and okada this is my second best match of 2024 i mean at the end of the day for me this uh this lived up to what i thought it was going to be and and did even more to be quite honest um shigo I don't know if people got this or if they understood the attire, uh, but that was if 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 folks if if folks are old enough to remember, that's the way Dusty used to come to the ring when it was time to get funky. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so uh, shouts to Shingo for that, man, because I I am a I am a Dusty Rhodes fanboy for the for my entire life, and to see stuff like that, um, and Shingo spent a lot of time in Texas. Uh, during uh during the, the 2000s and stuff like that when he when he when he made his uh his first excursion to the U.S. and stuff like that so he knows he knows his history uh so that was that was cool to see um just him being able to even be in this type of match was cool right and to your point man his pacing him being allowed to pace the match his way but then Moxie just being able to adapt and then just throw the the no DQ death match flavor into it was just something that was. It was it was it was great to see, um, 
And I never shit on Mox. And there's a reason I don't shit on Mox because the dude's great. <laughs> the dude's great. Well, only, only, only Jimmy Macaram shits on John Moxley. Well, like, the dude's great, man. It was like anywhere you put him. Yeah, no doubt he bleeds all the time. Get over it. That, 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 you know you're going to get that, right? Just get over it. Just understand that that's going to happen. And then we're going to get that during the match. But John Moxley's still going to give us some tremendous drama, some, tre some tremendous brawling. He'll, he'll give you the techers when needed. At the end of the day, too, just just for the trade off. Um, but this man, when he when Moxley kicked out of the made on made in Japan off the chair, I was like, Nah, fam, how you gonna do that to Shingles? I thought he was gonna hit the last of the dragon, and that was the point of this matchup that he never hit that. He never hit a real finisher. So that was I love I love that that that's a little story beat. It's kind of like the the Omega. Okada one of o Omega never hit the one ring angel and Chingo never hit the last of the dragon. Yeah, yeah. So we so 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 they're gonna go there there will be another match between these two gentlemen, and eventually Chingo will uh will get his comeuppance against John Mosley. Uh so we'll see that happen. But no nah, man, the match was the match was terrific, and I thought that uh it it, it displayed exactly what it needed to display, and it put Shingo in a it put Shingo in a different light. Uh, not for I think for the majority of people who probably never seen him in that side of sort of a match before, but for me it's like I've always said he's my favorite IWGP World Heavyweight Champion of all time, uh, even though the belts only existed for a few years. But there's there's a reason to it, man. The dude's just he's he, people say he's underrated. To me, he's he's where he needs to be, and 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 he needs to be more in the spotlight. We we're campaigning for him to be to to be the winner of the New Japan Cup. So he get a shot at that title. <laughs> so come on, he's up there, man. He's up there. <laughs> Let Shingo reign. Well, I know Sanal, you gotta run. I want to give a reminder to everyone watching: show your support to Sanal and J News. Send a super chat donation. Those go back to our contributors here. And all we can't, you can't always rely on Will Chisholm. Will Chisholm hasn't been here the last two days. So send a super chat because Will's not here. Show your support, but. Sanal, please let the people know where they can follow you on social media. What you got going on over on your channel? Let the people know. Well, you can obviously find me at Sanal's Life on YouTube and at Wrestling underscore Chat on Twitter. I am going to continue with these videos. Uh, I posted yesterday the Battle in the Valley review, my own one after I got up and watched it. And you will continue to see these. I will be previewing, reviewing, doing all sorts. And yeah, make sure you hit subscribe because... Yeah, you can find me there. You can find me on True Hill Heat. You can find me on Ace Techers. I'm basically everywhere. Just checking those boxes. I love to see it, Sanal. But go over and so support Sanal's life. Sanal will be joining us, I guess, the next time. Well, we're we're going to do a new beginning. We got to do a new beginning uh, preview later this week because the first show is on the 20th. So if you want to join us for that, we'll work We'll work on We'll work on a day. We'll announce it later this week. So probably Friday. <laughs> Sounds good. See you then, Sanal. Have a good one. See you later. But we got one more match to get into. A couple of comments I wanted to feature here. We got uh power driver finisher in the chat who said agree, except blood in mox matches. Yeah, it's just a part <laughs> of the box. And and the fact that they went against the expectations that Mox didn't bleed first. It was exactly. Shingo. Shingo took the punishment first, and he was busted open big time before yeah. Moxley even bled a drop. For sure. For sure. 
We got Big Man Dogs. He says NJPW Mox greater than AEW Mox. This has been a topic that has been say, been saying people have been saying more and more ever since the Great Ocon match at Power Struggle. Yeah, 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 for sure. I respect it. I respect it. But we'll see. I mean, the Naito match is big. If that yeah, match delivers yeah. the way that it can or the way this did, because this over-delivered. Like, yeah, like yeah. We, we both said, I mean, I gave, I gave the match five stars. This is the second five-star match that I got in the month of January in this year of 2024. What did you rate the match? Oh, man. I didn't necessarily, but I, I if I'm giving it a rating um for a no dq match and what it did especially for this show yeah five star sounds about right man to be quite honest <laughs> like I have, more... I have a feeling that dave's gonna give him more well dave's gonna go more dave's, because, dave's gonna he's, go not, he's not a big proponent in the no dq uh hardcore shit but we'll see, we'll see what he does. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and uh, Jeremy on In the Weeds, we joked that the description of the matchup, he's going to be like, oh my god, I didn't like the headbutts. There was so much blood. You had split. Oh, you, you don't need the splinters. Five and a half stars. That, that's going to be the description. And then that's the rating. He's going to give it five and a half stars. I'm, I am so sure he's going over five. I'm pretty sure on this one. Let's get her done. Indeed. Uh, we got Power Driver Finisher who says five stars. Safet who gives it five stars. I'm always nervous about giving matches five stars. Y'all must know I'm nervous because of Jimmy Macaram because he always goes in on me giving matches five stars that he doesn't think is five stars. But I mean, this we is a five star. We all have our own personal opinions and personal styles that we like and things of that nature. But it is, at the end of the day, all professional wrestling. Like what you like. And it's all subjective. See, SP3 said Daniel uh, Brian Danielson versus Okada five star match. I disagree, but at the end of the day, it's all wrestling. You know what I'm saying? We all have fun with it. I, so I, you get so you get this match five stars, but not Brian Okada. Yo, for whatever reason, bro, it, that the 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 night of Wrestle Kingdom when I was watching the match, I didn't get emotionally as emotionally involved as I did in the first match. For what I don't know why. I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Maybe it was my mood that day, but I didn't get as emotionally invested. And I and I considered the first match better than the second match. So that's just me and that perspective. Wow. But, not to, but not to say that the match was bad, though. I'm not saying that. I just I prefer the first match. Uh, I would. I that's. Uh, I always say I would suggest you to rewatch it. I would suggest you rewatch it because it's also it also with Wrestle Kingdom. I always say that sometimes you're like tired, your mind is not in the right place because it's like it's your sleeping pattern has been thrown off by staying up and watching it, especially the way we do, or staying up, or or even like staying up watching the show, going to sleep at one point, and then waking up and watching it right before you have to do something. You're not watching it in the right mindset. I always say, sometimes you have to re-watch it one more time to go with the right rating. Some, that's what I do a lot of times before I do my star ratings. If I have a match where I'm like, sometimes mm -hmm. I matches like right after, I'm like between ratings. Like this one, I was like, this is a, at the very least. This is four and four and three quarters. But after like sleeping on it, I was like, nah, that was a five star match. That was a, like immediately after that matchup. I was like, yeah, that was as perfect as that match could have been. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, but this one had to this match. The main event had to follow all of that 
as you had Will Ospreay going one-on-one -on -one with Kashika Okada. These two men, a storied rivalry. I love the video package before this match started, documenting their nine bouts that they had starting in the UK in 2015. All their classic battles at Wrestle Kingdom in the G1. Osprey picking up two, one tainted victory and one upset victory in the G1 last year. But this one really was a crucial victory for Will Ospreay as he is heading over to AEW. So this might be the last time he faces Kashiko Okada. So this guy kind of felt like a showcase of their rivalry because we had some callbacks to certain matches, but it started, you know, I love the Okada pacing. Okada knows how to pace. He's just as good as Shingo when it comes to pacing his matches. So you get like some big moves, but it's kind of spread out. Uh, and the, the in-ring work, the psychology, working to the crowd, they do it so well. And these two guys are kind of experts at it. We get a landslide early in this one. And Okada's looking for the Rainmaker. But Osprey's able to avoid it on numerous occasions. It felt like uh, Okada was just trying to put Osprey away early in this one. And then Osprey gives you a callback to their classic G1 final back in 2022. Where he's going to the to playbook, to the tool chest of people that have defeated Kashiko Okada. He pulls out the Stouts Clash at one point for a near fall. He even poses and he's looking for a V-trigger at another point but Okada catches him with the drop kick. He then pulls out the Rainmaker pose and then actually hits the Rainmaker on Kashiko Okada for a near fall. Okada busts out the Stormbreaker on Osprey for a near fall of his own. But in the end it just felt like Osprey was just overwhelmed and Okada once again proving his superiority over his former young boy, his former protege, hitting a second Rainmaker after Osprey kicked out of one earlier in the matchup. Uh, Okada hits a second one, two, three, to finally close the book, it seems, on this chapter at least, in the rivalry between Kashiko Okada and Will Ospreay, the two men after the matchup, showing their emotions, Okada crying after the matchup as Will Ospreay uh, picks himself up, the two men hugging each other in an emotional display. But of course, that had to be ruined by someone, and it was those dastardly bastards of the Bullet Club War Dogs. David Finley coming out, hitting Okada with the shillelagh. He then hit Osprey as Bullet Club War Dogs jumped him until the United Empire's Jeff Cobb and TJP came down to the ring to make the save. Will Osprey got to do a final show-closing promo talking about his growth, talking about his journey in New Japan Pro Wrestling and how important New Japan Pro Wrestling has been to his career and how that he's been he's going to be coming over to the u.s now so they'll be having to get used to him over here in san jose but i thought this matchup the main event tremendous stuff like will osprey and kashiko okada 
like they can have a four-star matchup in their sleep and this was a kind of a greatest hits and callbacks to their rivalry i thought the storytelling was on point the start the pacing was on point like i said before this is a, a a phenomenal matchup between these two men i give it four and three quarter stars the post match was very well done i love the genuine emotion that both guys show showing how important they are to each other and their careers and then the bullet club war dogs further building up the five on five steel cage matchup so you had the emotional kind of genuine moment mixed with the story that they're still building to osprey's final match in new japan so really enjoyed everything of this show closing the main event and the post match j news what did you think can't forget eddie kingston's run-in during yes. this match towards the end Will Ospreay said he owes Eddie one, so we'll see what that's all about come AEW time. But at the end of the day, it's like I said, man, these two gentlemen can't put on bad matches, man. Just It's, it's, it's damn near impossible. Uh, this was an excellent match from beginning to end, bell to bell. They were they pulled out each other's finishers at the end of the day. That, that's always that I was like, that's classic. I mean, we talked about it with Naito and Sonata. I was like, that's classic WrestleMania 17 Austin Rock booking. Yeah. I exactly. So, you know, having that go down and and it being the way that it went down and and and, and the emotional part of it at the end of it all, uh, them them hugging in the middle of the ring, uh, it just shows you, man, that, you know, this shit, regardless of how shit scripted to end, like there's a lot of emotion that goes into this, uh, what they do in that ring physically and what and what one of, you know, what they mean to one another as people um and to their careers so that that's it's uh that that was a cool thing to see um can't wait to see the united empire versus those war dogs in that cage match come come uh come osaka at new beginning so uh damn it man uh four and three quarter this stars is like the most excited i've been for a new beginning tour since like 2020 yeah 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 and that was oh, and, yeah. That, and that at that point in time that was uh that was COVID. <laughs> No, no, that was right before COVID. Right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was right before COVID because that was the new beginning that had um, Moxley and Suzuki yeah. and had Hiromu and Dragon Lee. Yeah. I remember, I remember those two matches on that card. But I haven't been that excited for a new beginning since then. And it's like multiple shows because they spread across a bunch of big matches. You know, February 11th, it's the one everybody's looking forward to in Osaka because you got Brian and ZSJ and the five on five seal cage matchup. But February 23rd and 24th are big shows because you have, you know, on the 23rd, you got Nick Nemeth and David Finley. You also got Matt Riddle and Hiroshi Tanahashi. The 24th, you got the rematch with Sonata and Naito. So the new beginning tour this is the most excited i've been for it yeah not uh, i feel you that that that's a that, that's that's definitely a a good point to make um yeah man but this this show finished off in the best way possible after that after that moxie versus shingo match and uh will osprey putting the cap on his singles career in new japan with okada uh made all the sense in the world so uh that was uh that was definitely uh a great match to enjoy and uh endeavor into uh while watching battle in the valley look at that look at that emotion yeah love it love it love it that's gonna be me and me and jay news when we do our final new japan review one day yeah yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh man but uh, absolutely you know it oh you know you're gonna show that genuine emotion um, yeah, yeah. 
But yes, okay. Osprey ends his New Japan run. Yes, as a power driver finisher, put in the chat. Two and eight. Two and eight. Ten mm-hmm. matches, two wins. Only one of them wasn't tainted. Mm-hmm. There it is. Poor guy. What would you what'd you get the rating for this one, Osprey? No, I'm three. with you. Four and three quarter stars was was where it needed to be, man. Um, I knew it was gonna go for 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 length. I just wondered what the I wondered what the outset of the match was gonna be, the beginning of the match. And uh, you know, always doing the feel out process thing and and trying yeah. to see it. To I thought where the they finish was kind of weird because it felt it felt like they were kind of going for a Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 26 ending Steve of like that way. Yeah, but, but it just felt like slow motion the yeah. way he went into the Rainmaker and then yeah. went for the pin that I thought like Osprey was gonna kick out, but it just ended. Yeah, it ended it. I mean, you know. My minor, minor, minor moment. I yeah. think just just a minor piece nitpick. of it at the end of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, minor nitpick for an overall phenomenal matchup. I see a bunch of people in the chat who really enjoyed this one. Power driver finisher said, "I saw this before the Mox match, and I was so ready for the five stars, which this was." Uh, we got Dustin who says that 2020 before the pandemic, New Japan were kings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Safet said four and three quarter stars as well, but. Let us know in the live chat. This is final call for Super Chat donations. Come on, y'all. We did two hours talking about New Japan. Y'all can show us some love with at least one Super Chat donation. Even if it's a dollar, two dollars, we appreciate the love and the support. Uh, Power Driver Finisher said, I agree with the ending criticism. Yeah, that's my only nitpick that really stopped it from me going like five stars for it was like the ending. It just felt weird. Uh, but let us know. Uh, last call for Super Chat donations. And, of course, let us know your match of the night, MVP, LVP. Whether you give the show a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, and out of 10, what did you give the show? For me, NBA News, for NJPW Battle in the Valley 2024, we're going to go thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, in three, two, one. Thumbs up across the board from both of us. J News, what did you give the show out of 10? I wasn't really expecting much from the show, to be quite honest, because the New Japan Strong show, sometimes they're letdowns. But this was not a letdown yeah. show at all. Um, the last the last three uh, matches made up for uh, everything, to be quite honest. <laughs> to be quite yeah, like honest. Every, I did not rate anything before the last three matches above, like, three and three-quarter stars. Yeah. Like, the last three matches just escalated. Like, you have a yeah. five-star match four three quarters four and a quarter like those last three matches i was that's what i was looking forward to the most on this show mm-hmm. and it delivered in a big way and even shingo and mox in my opinion over delivered yeah 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 for sure for sure uh out of 10 solid eight those last three matches were bangers man so uh definitely a solid eight there um the new the new new japan strong talent um Yet again, I'm not trying to shit on Fred Roster because I know he's ahead of the the academy. The, the 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 newer guys are missing a little something, so I think that they they need to work on that, whatever that might be. Um, so 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 they can be in the same category as their New Japan Japan counterparts because for right now they're they're missing that 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 New Japan shine, in my estimation. So that that's that's the only thing that I would have to say about that. Yeah, I do agree with you there. They got to get them kind of up up to snuff a mm-hmm. bit. Out of 10, I'm going to give this show at eight and a half. I'm going to give it just a little bit of the edge over TNA Hard to Kill, which was on the same night. Mm-hmm. I gave that show an eight out of 10 yesterday on that review. 
I think this show, the reason I'm going eight and a half out of 10 is because if you ask me what show was overall better, I probably would probably say hard to kill. But if you ask me what matches from the show you had to watch, I would say you watched the last two matches on Battle in the Valley. You don't need to watch anything else. Like, like that, like those are the best two matches on either show, was those final two matches. On that thought, I'm gonna say it's an even show. Then I'm gonna say eight out of ten. I'll go, I'll agree with you, and I'll say eight out of ten. I was leaning to eight and a half, but I convinced myself with my description. I'm not Dave Meltzer, I can't. <laughs> my description fits an eight out of ten show that's probably even with hard to kill. There what was it. your match of the night? Uh, Mox Shingo. <laughs> Mock Shingo was bad. Mock Shingo. Mock Shingo. Man, like, yo. Like, I, I can't praise this match enough. It just, it made me feel something that I was, I didn't expect to feel watching that matchup. Like, man, did that deliver in a big way. So I agree with you. Mox and Shingo is my match of the night. MVP, J News. Shingo Takagi. <laughs> Shingo Takagi. Shingo Takagi is the MV freaking Pete. Like <laughs> Shingo. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go co MVP. I'm gonna say Gabe Kid, Shingo Takagi, and Will Osprey. So I, I picked basically the losers of the top three <laughs> matches. Uh, because Shingo, once again, just this was like a statement. It felt yeah. like I'm one of the best in the world. Put some respect on my name. We had Jeremy Lambert on In the Weeds uh, this morning. He said that he would, he said hot take. He said in his opinion, he would argue that Shingo is the best out of the final four on that night of Osprey, Okada, Shingo, and Moxley. He's the best out of the four. And I was like, I can't really argue with anybody. I think he's definitely the most underrated and the most overlooked out of the four. But I, there's an argument to be made that he is the best wrestler out of the four of those guys. I think there is there are there is that argument there. So he was he kind of reminded people with this Moxley matchup. Well, Osprey, his final New Japan matchup, and you know he left it all in the ring and a fantastic match with Okada out there and having that great moment at the end and building towards the Bullet Club War Dogs cage matchup. And uh, who's the other one? Actually, I'm going to replace Gabe Kid with Jack Perry. Jack okay. Perry, <laughs> Jack Perry, and the stable of AEW disgruntled stars. I can't wait. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Don't put some respect on Jack Perry's name, y'all. Uh, Safet saying MVP Shingo, Julia, and Osprey. We got Power Driver Finisher saying Mox and Shingo for match of the night. Safet says eight out of ten. And finally, what was who was your LVP for the show? The Luchadors. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's over. Ain't got nothing else to say. I am gonna go with uh, yeah, the Luchadors in that Lucha Libre matchup. Sorry, guys. Ah, uh, you didn't need to be on the main show. Sorry. Jay knows that brings us to a close on another NJPW Strong Show, and usually. This would mean I'm not going to see you for like another month, but we got another set of shows this week. It seems like every weekend for like the next month, we have a new Japan show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some more J news on True Hill Heat. So check us out. Uh, Friday? We'll be uh, doing this on Friday. So we'll be be doing that. And uh, 
previewing uh, the New Beginning The show. first New Beginning show that's going to yeah. be uh, main evented. Well, I think we may pair some some of these shows up and do because yeah. i think a couple of them are happening same weekend or uh but yeah we'll do the first set of new beginning shows we'll do a separate one for osaka right. before february 11th but we'll do the first set of new beginning shows we'll preview that on friday that's got tamatanga versus evil i know that for the never openweight championship right. maybe tamatanga's last big singles match in new japan pro wrestling so we shall see. We shall see, Jay New. So you'll be back. We'll all be back with you on Friday. We'll call up Sanal. She'll join us as well. Jay News, let the people know where they can follow you on Twitter. You can always find me on Instagram, underscore J-O-N-J-Y-N-G-O-S-O. So, so find me on the Twitter machine. That's at John L-Y-F-N-M-G. Check out the podcast, Movie Reviews, me and SP3, Cooking in the Kitchen. Come soon uh, with some things. Uh Based on uh, streaming shows and things of that nature, so me and SP3, we're gonna be, we'll keep this work. We're gonna, we're gonna stay cooking in the kitchen. Uh, so stay, uh, stay on the lookout for that. Uh, obviously, Friday, new beginning shows. We're gonna be covering this the entire month of January, all through February. Uh, so keep that in mind. And uh, yeah, and stay, then, locked uh, stay locked in. The, can the Patreon backers be looking forward to Fantastica Mania? That's right. Fantastica Mania will be coming. <laughs> we'll be coming to Patreon. So uh take a look at that for February uh as well. So yeah, man, it's coming. It's it. We 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 uh we we doing the damn thing. We're doing the damn thing. So go over to patreon.com forward slash real heat three dollars a month gets you exclusive content. You can also follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. You can follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat. Best place to support us outside of Patreon, ProWrestlingTees.com, ForYourWear.com. Get your True Hill Heat merchandise. And check out all the great content we got on the channel right now. Not all the police sirens outside because there's <laughs> some type of fire. As uh, we had the True Hill Heat flagship podcast, THH259, this past weekend with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, True Jaw Josh. The whole gang was there talking about this week in wrestling check out our tna hard to kill review from yesterday with myself and astrid talking about the big show to rebrand for tna wrestling and we're gonna have our final end of year video our best matches of 2023 we got a top 20 for you so be on the lookout for that this week so got all of that to enjoy I'll be back here live with a Rated Raw review tomorrow with uh, Romeo at 2.05 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll also be dropping Collision Discourse with me and Sober Guy JJ. So, so much content for you to enjoy. Me and Jay News will be back with you on Friday. So, until then, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been our NJPW Battle in the Valley 2024 review. We are signing off until... Thank you.